Peace and prosperity is my first salute to you. I'm Merton Clark, and welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed podcast. It is my desire to build you up, to increase your spiritual stamina and tenacity, to empower effectiveness and help you discover your purpose. Enjoy this vibrant and dynamic message. The Old Testament book out of what we call the Torah. The Torah, the first five books of the Bible written by Moses, most of them by Moses. The Torah, Numbers, chapter, the Old Testament pastoral book. The New Testament pastoral books are New, uh, First and Second Timothy and the book of Titus. The Old Testament picture of pastoral ministry is the book of Numbers. If you ever want to know about the wearisome toil of pastoring, read the book of Numbers. It will give you a picture of what it's like to move a group of people and their resources from one spot to the next successfully. And if you think it's easy, you try it. It's hard to move people from one spot mentally, physically, and emotionally to another spot physically, spiritually, and emotionally, with all of the viruses and the attacks of the enemy and the predators that try to pull people away from their source, pull them away from the core, attitudes about this, that, and the other, uh, suggestions about how we should do it and what we're used to. Remember, you came out of Egypt and you're moving to the promised land, but a lot of people want to bring what they came out of along the journey. They want people to accommodate what they've come out of. They're looking for leaders to do it like they used to do it. But this is how we do it. And you have to learn how to flow with it and keep a good attitude as you shift from one place to the next. So we're going to look at Numbers chapter 21 and verse 4. And the word of the Lord from verse 4 through 9 reads like this. Then they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. In other words, God didn't want them to go through this spot called Edom to go around it. And there are some places God don't want you to go through. He wants you to go around it. And the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way, just like in church or any time in your life. There are moments where you will be discouraged while you're on the way to your promised land. Verse 5, and the people spoke against God and against Moses. Don't be surprised when people get angry, even when they grieve. They will speak against God and they will look at God's man and act like you're reduced to a piece of bread. It's right here in the text and it's going to happen. You have to guard yourself from that. Why have you brought us up? Why have you brought us up out of Egypt? Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? The place and what they were going through was so grievous, they turned against God and the set man. But look at the word, for there is no food for us. I don't get a word from the Lord. I'm having problems naturally. There is no water. I don't feel refreshed. I feel dry and our souls loaves manna. In other words, I'm tired of your preaching. I'm tired of fresh bread that you're providing. I want something different. Give me some trace song. Give me a little word. Give me something that resembles where I came out of. Look at the word and our souls loaves this worthless bread. 
Man, God provides for us all the time, but there are times where we want to kick what God has provided. We act like we've gone through our worst time. I know we got a pandemic here, but many of us haven't had to work as hard during the pandemic. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. Look at verse 6. So the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people. Sometimes you can have such an attitude. God will allow things that's been in the soil and around you all of the time. You didn't see it because his presence is on you. But there are little eyes in the crevices looking and blinking at you. And when he lifts his presence, you'll see fiery serpents, fiery serpents that's already been there all this time coming and start biting your ankles. They were there, but it is God's presence that keep them in the holes. Look at the word fiery serpents among the people and they bit the people and many of the people what? They actually died. If you're alive today, you ought to give God praise. If the pandemic didn't kill you and you know of anybody that's in the morgue today or in the ground, you ought to give God praise. I said you ought to give God the glory. It is only by the grace of God that I am that I am. We're still reading. I know it's the text. Therefore, the people came to Moses. And said, we have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the word. I pray that every person bitten. In the name of Jesus, snake bitten during this time, that you will restore health, vitality, mental strength, and fortitude in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 8, then the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. It shall be that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent. And put it on a pole. And so it was if a serpent had bitten anyone. When he looked at the bronze serpent. Or the serpent of brass. He lived. Jesus said in John chapter 3. And verse 14. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. So must the son of man be lifted up. And die. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Today, we lift up Jesus high. That everyone bitten, hallelujah, during this season. Snakes hanging off of your shoulder, hanging off your back, hanging off your ankles, pumping in venom into your life. I decree restoration for you. Holistically, body, soul, and spirit in Jesus' name. Clap your hands and give him the glory. So, Father, think through my mind and speak through these lips of clay as an oracle. For where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. Use me for your glory. Go before this word and prepare us with an ear to hear, 
with ears to hear, both outer and inner ears. Give us a mind to comprehend. Let strategies come forth in the name of the Lord. Give us a heart to receive. Give us a greater capacity to receive you. Give us that spirit, that receptive spirit to contain the word as we travel through the wilderness. And God, we will give you the glory and the praise for it. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And it is so. In Jesus' name. There are many intelligent people struggling to believe in God. And so believing in God is not just an intellectual exercise. Actually, I strongly recommend that you get Wednesday night's teaching. It is a preached word on faith. Building a dynamic faith. I usually teach on faith, but I was hoisted and arrested by the Holy Spirit. It was preached with power. I really believe God is trying to push us through a portal, a portal right now. He's trying to open one, but push us through a portal as a church to get ready for what he has in store for his people in the next season. You need a message of faith if you're going to be successful in anything that God has. A lot of us are successful uh, as it relates to our job and our ability to amass, and we're comfortable there. Many of us are educated today, and uh, what happens when people are educated, a lot of times they don't need enough, uh, they don't need more of God, or they feel comfortable with their financial uh, portfolio. But God is trying to give us faith, even more faith, for the justified shall live by faith. And uh, it is your faith that will make you well. It is your faith. Actually, it is impossible to please God without faith. For he that comes to God must not come to him in physical form only. You must come to him in spirit and in truth. You worship him that way. He that comes to God must first believe that God is, that God exists, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him diligently seek him well he's spirit so we need to make sure that as we seek the lord we're seeking him in spirit and in truth amen spirit to spirit and that's why we we praise god like we did today but then we also cause our spirits to soar to him and unite with him in a spiritual way so you can get the download from the word yes you hear me preach but your faith needs to kick in to receive what god has and some people in the ministry and even those that are watching are listening, but you're not tuned in. Your spirit or heart is not involved. And if your heart isn't in it, why won't you tell me so? If your heart isn't in it, you should be gone long ago. Why are we dancing together and your heart ain't in it? And if you're with God, you need to get in a place where you let your heart pump now. That's why Holy Ghost is tying people up with their destiny. And I'm preaching today a message of restoration. The subject of my message today is breaking through to destiny. Breaking through to destiny. And if your heart isn't in it, you'll never break through. You're going to go through tough times on your way to destiny. But you have to have a heart for it to get there. Anybody can quit when there's tough times. Most people do. But when your heart is in it, God will start using that driving force to get to your destiny to push you through. The enemy is going to throw death at you. Disappointment, 
setbacks, issues. But if your heart is in it, you'll start putting one foot before the next as you walk through these, these problems and these issues and you go around your Edom, you go around your Edom, you're not going through your, you go around it. It may be the long way around, but if you go around it, follow God's plan for you, go through what you need to go through, stop being discouraged and speaking negatively as you move forth because when you do that, the wrath of God can kick in and he will let things bite you that you never thought was in the atmosphere. And we don't, I don't need to be snake bitten right now. I don't need to hear anybody say anything negative about my faith. I'm a man of faith. If you want to see me step away from you, start speaking doubt to me. You start, I don't believe God with that. I don't, what? The just shall live by faith. I will walk away from you midstream because I have to have faith. I've got to believe God. I go through too much hell not to believe God. He pulled us out, glory to God, to carry us in. And we must have faith to enter into the next dimension. What's wrong with you? You've got to get your faith together. And this is not just an intellectual exercise. You must activate your faith. Glory, hallelujah. And so when we look at the scripture here out of Numbers chapter uh, 21, the intellect, many intellectual people, intelligent people struggle to believe in God. The more we get education, the more we work with computers. We have more confidence in a computer screen or in an email exchange than we do in the word of God. People are using their faith all of the time, especially Amazon. The river of Amazon is going around the world. People are clicking their credit cards. Got a problem with tithing now. But click their credit cards and stuff are coming to their house. They believe it should be there in three days. But won't pray now. Won't believe God. You know, I got to see it before I believe it. And you do it all the time. All the time, but won't exercise that same faith in God. Basil must have read the word. He believed people would send their credit cards out, get what they need before they see it, make sure they click on this and that. If you give them a picture now, if you give them a picture, they don't have to examine it all the way. Just let me see a picture. Oh, I can get around from a picture? I'll spend 30, 40, 50 dollars by looking at a picture? They make more money. The man got 170 billion himself. Same age, same time that this church started. You see Amazon started going around the world. One of the biggest companies in the world. I see their trucks all around. And you know what? It is us who makes them rich. And they're using the same principles that I'm teaching right here in the word of God. But don't have enough strength to give God $20. We must have faith. Can somebody say amen? amen. I feel my help. Woo, Jesus. Many intellectual people are struggling. I better get with this to believe in God. But God can pick up the broken pieces. He can pick up broken people and restore them by restoring their purpose and their sense of belonging. If God can restore your purpose, the reason or intent of why you're here, 
and a sense of belonging or connectedness with him, horizontal, 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 and vertical, your connectedness with God and your connectedness with people right around you, and maybe God can restore, restore the joy of your salvation. When I look at Nehemiah and his service, his faithfulness to God to restore the ruins, one of the greatest tasks that you can ever have or accomplishments is to take something burned and disconnected and broke down and God uses you to restore it. But you have to have an image of its former glory. That's why the devil don't want you to remember anything good. He only wants us to focus on the here and the now emotionally. But you can look over your shoulder, honey. Ooh. And you'll see that God has been good to you for a long time. When you didn't deserve it, he was good. <laughs> when you, ooh, I'm preaching. And every once in a while, you got to look over your shoulder, honey. Ooh. And say, God is good. Help me say it. God is good. Most people only focus on what they feel now, but he's called, he's giving you the ability to recall, to think on those things that are honest, lovely, and of a good report. Yes, it was yesterday or last year, but you can pull from it today and it will give you energy to let you know if God did it then, he can do it right now. Look at Nehemiah, the statesman. A man of restoration. And how his story uh, applies to us today. All are welcome to be restored. And you need to know that God wants every single one of us to be restored to the glory that he has prepared for you. While in this earth, not when you leave this earth. He wants you to experience glory today. Everybody should be restored. If you did it, God still wants you to be restored. If you're guilty, he wants you to be restored. If you're the one that was hurt from a situation, he wants you to restore, to be restored. None excluded. There's no one under the sound of my voice that the blood of Jesus has not been prepared for to restore you wholeheartedly. God wants your lives transformed. He wants lives to be transformed. Jesus wants you to have a Jesus-centered life. A Jesus-centered life. If you don't call the name of Jesus during the week, you're living beneath your privilege. If you don't call, I'm not talking about me. If you don't say, I love the Lord. I love Jesus. You got to say that. And you should tell somebody that's in your inner circle that you love Jesus. They should know that you're a person of faith. You say, well, Bishop, that's not me. Listen to me. It is you. He wants everyone restored. And so try to practice it. Try it this week to say the name of Jesus. When you're talking, not God. You know, I love the Lord. I want you to say Jesus. Let me tell you something. Demons tremble. They get all warped. Demons, that's all. They're like shadows in your house and in your stuff. And you don't really see them. You say the name of Jesus, they'll start showing up. But they can't stay there. They've always been there. But that name of Jesus will get them out of there. Shadows in your life, figures, 
hidden dark figures in your life have to go when that name is preeminent. And if you love the Lord, start speaking the name of Jesus. God wants your life transformed. He wants you to have a Christ or Jesus-centered life. He wants you to receive inspirational messages. Inspirational messages. Start trying to push things that are inspirational. He wants you engaging in worship. This is a part of your restoration. Engaging in worship. One of the things the enemy is doing is trying to plug up and to cap channels and rivers that God has streams coming out of you into your family and into your community. This is why the devil attacks young people. This is why he attacks you while you're young because God has given you potential. He doesn't want your potential realized. So what he does is he hits you hard when you're young and what he does, he's aiming at your ability to step beyond that and then flow the tentacles of your potential to flow into other areas and you'll pump life there. Glory to God. You'll never realize it if you never forgive or get over the issues. So the devil wants to, he don't have to deal with you no more if he can keep you capped off. But I'm releasing the dam in your life. Ams in your life are being released. Ams in your life are being released. The devil is not going to cap you off anymore and stop you from moving into your destiny. I come against it in the name of Jesus. I'm decreeing and declaring a time of reformation. And when guilt leaves, reformation comes. Can somebody say amen? Today we celebrate and I decree and declare a warrior spirit over this church and over those in Trim Nation and around the world. You know the warrior spirit. You already had to fight your bear and your lion before you got here. And God brought you through. All I'm doing is accentuating what God has already started. And the next time the devil comes at you, God is going to let you put your foot down. And I decree and declare you're not going to run or cower. The next time you go through a hard spot, you're going to pick up the pieces. Glory to God. Your sling is already packed. Hallelujah. You have an aim now. And you're going to knock your devil out. Can the church say amen? I decree a warrior spirit in the house of God. Come on, warrior. Come on, Gabor. Come on, woman of valor. God is doing something in your life. Don't hold your head down. This is your season. This is your time. I'm coming at your potential. I'm coming at the river that the devil has blocked up. I decree you are restored. Woo, Jesus. Glory, hallelujah. This church is rising up now. We're coming out of the storm in the name of Jesus to a whole new dimension. Today, I release the warrior spirit. Glory to God. Jeremiah 51 and 20, you are my battle axe and weapons of war. For with you, I will break the nations in pieces. With you, I will destroy kingdoms. You have the, the ability to dismantle the kingdoms of darkness. 
Many of us are struggling. I said in the early service, are struggling with, with being confrontational in the natural. We can get in an argument and run it down. But what God wants you to do is sit your behind down and let God cover you. Let him cover you while you sit down and rest in him. I decree a Sabbath rest for you in God. Stop trying to bump your way through life and fight your way through because you know how to beat people. And when you sit down and let God be God, he's going to start allowing you to be more confrontational in the spirit realm. And when you start coming against the principalities and the powers and the rulers of darkness and the spiritual wicked and high places that are coming against you, you're going to see the devil lose his hold over your son and over your daughters and over your destiny and over the stuff that the devil has taken from you because God wants you restored now. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but somebody's about to get blessed big. The devil took your stuff, but your stuff didn't stop growing. The devil took your joy, but your joy didn't stop growing. He can't do nothing with it. He packed it in a silo, but because God gave you the joy, the joy of the Lord is your strength, and the joy is still growing. And when he's got to return back to you sevenfold, you're going to get some big joy now. He's got to bring it back. The thief got to bring it back. It is some big joy for you. God is going to restore what the devil is taken from you sevenfold. Can the church say amen? Woo, Jesus. I'm releasing the war spirit. Come on, let me hear your war cry. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Hold your head back. Go and do it again. Let me hear your war cry. Ow! <laughs> That's right. Hallelujah. Come on, give him a praise. Hallelujah. Something is breaking off of you now. Woo! I love the people become champions. I decree a champion spirit in Jesus' name. Do you not know 43% of Christians reported don't think hell is real? Satan is real? 43% that demonic spirits are real? Can you imagine almost half of church folk don't believe the devil is real? With all the hell he's tried to do to you? If you don't believe he's real, don't believe there's no evil, you won't believe God is truly real. Because for you to make it today, a thousand things had to go right. For you to make it here in the church, God had to push back a thousand demons that tried to kill you before you got here. That's why we give him the glory. And I praise him. I praise him in advance for you. If you don't praise him at all, guess what? It's, it's, you're tied to people who, who love the Lord. You may not even have the covenant, but because you're in the right proximity, God saved you from some stuff. And you got to learn how to associate well. Don't be a part of the 43% that just don't believe in devil, don't believe in demons, don't believe in takes all of that, and don't understand. That person don't understand that the devil is trying to kill you today. Amen. We're not afraid of the devil. We have our faith in God. But you need to know there are demon spirits that don't want you to survive. I don't know why you're playing with the devil. 
Amen. The devil likes to rub you and make you feel good, but he's after your tongue. He's trying to pull it out of your mouth. Don't kiss him. He'll smash it off. You put your heart with the devil, he's going to cut it out. He's not going to wait until you die. Put a knife in you and take it out and let it beat. That's what he's after. The thief come not but for to steal. Don't play with the devil. Stop playing with the world. He's after your family, man. Don't play with him. He's after your family. If he hugs you, he wants to bend you backwards to break your back. He comes not but for to steal. God told me to tell you it that way. I know it sounds severe because you're playing with reality, spirit world realities. Don't play with the devil. Glory to God. And he'll use an offense to cap your abilities, to cap your flow so you'll never step into your destiny. I'm uncapping that today. I decree and declare out of your belly will flow a river of living water. Out of you. Out of you. God pumps it in, but out of you will flow the river. And if a river flows, nothing in its path can stop it. If a river were to break, a dam were to break today, it is not the water that will kill you. It's what the river picks up. It's the stones and the bricks and the splinters and the boulders that's in it that you can't see. Well, God says, I want to give you that kind of momentum. That when things start coming, even if it's business, nothing in your way would stop it. Glory to God. Before you even get there, there's such a river flowing out of you that God prepares the way. When you get the stuff has already moved out of the way. The river pushed it out. Ah, Jesus. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but somebody's about to get a big blessing from the Lord. That's why David said it in Psalm, no, Joel 2 and 21, fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord has done marvelous things. Marvelous things. The Lord has done marvelous things. And in Psalm 51 and 10, create in me a clean heart, O God, renew a right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit from, rejoy, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with your generous spirit. Some people have lost their joy. I decree a, a rest restoration of the joy of God's salvation in your life. Can the church say amen? amen. Glory to God. As we look at our text out of Numbers 21, Israel was fatigued because the way was hard. They were on a long journey, a long march around the land of Edom. Edom is one of the two nations, I believe, Moab and Edom, I'm not sure, or it comes from uh, Esau's descendants. Uh, Esau, who loved he loved his passion more than God's purpose. Uh, he sold his birthright just for a bowl of pottage or porridge. That's no slight on Jamaica. I love porridge. That's right. 
but you can't sell your destiny for it. This message is designed to get you in hot pursuit of what God has for you. Breaking through to your destiny. The restoration is so powerful. God wants you to get to your destiny so much. He's going to give you the ability to break through to your destiny. As I shared with you earlier, one of the jobs of pastoring is to make sure people, resources, and their dreams are transported from one stage to the next successfully. It is not an easy task, especially when there's resistance in the spirit or demonic spirits can see a movement. What he does is try to attack the move. What we try to do is make sure there's the right climate and environment that we won't implode from the inside out. But we will always have around the circle, around the core, in the community of any church or movement, predators that are watching what's going on. And they're looking for weak individuals who want to break away from the norm. I'm not like everybody. I don't, I don't, like, I don't like fellowship. Those are the kind of people that become prey for the enemy. My job is to make sure you're aware as the shepherd, as the under shepherd of this church, to preach a message to keep us moving forward. You say, why are you so aggressive as you move? Well, you be the shepherd. All, you, and start picking up what I pick up from the I've been talking to parents for years about watch what your kids watch and watch what they're looking at when they get these phones. You're not doing it, right? I've been preaching from this pulpit for years and you're beginning to see the fruit of it. Young people at five and six year old are seeing things that they shouldn't see. And a lot of Christians compromise. Letting boyfriends spend the night. 15 years old with your daughter. Uh, what? You can stay in the loft. I just don't want them in the street. Let me tell you something. Better put your foot down. All you young parents that don't have a clue, you better get a word from the Lord. The man preached here last week at 8 o'clock and say they singing now out of California. Homosexual groups. We are after them. It's even more aggressive. There's a young black male. Everybody like to look at it. He's a young. He's even more aggressive in his movements, in, in his videos than you've ever seen before. Uh, blood in shoes and all kind of weird thing. And all y'all, all y'all see. Ooh, he's he's talented, but you don't see the spirit that's behind it. You don't know what's going. But I can see it as the shepherd, and I'm trying to tell you all. You better stand in the right place because our kids don't have the defense mechanisms. They don't have the defense. If you don't do it, these young girls, he's going to strip them of everything. And these young boys won't know who they are. We must stand on the word of God. The stuff that I'm seeing coming out of BET and all of these other things, it's after, I, BET Awards is the most corrupt thing I've ever seen in my life. And you all sit back and say, it's good. Sit your mind down and get a word from the Lord and stop acting like you ain't never heard nothing from God. That's why we need a shepherd after God's own heart. I can go, ooh, I got a staff and I have a sling. And I make sure that I comfort, but I will chasten your behind in the name of Jesus. Get back in the flow. You better get your head together. You've been out there way too long. You don't have to like me, but I like what God is doing in us. And he's trying to get us back to the fold. Can somebody say amen? 
If a man had a hundred sheep and one be gone astray, would he not leave the ninety-nine? The one is precious. The one is precious. Leave the ninety-nine and go into the mountain to seek that which is. And when he finds him, he rejoices more. But let me tell you what he does. When the shepherd finds the one that's always going astray, you know what he does? He breaks him. He takes that leg. He breaks the leg. You keep flying. You keep running away. You're never doing what you need. You're not consistent. He breaks the leg. Then he puts the splinter on the leg, picks the lamb up, put it on his shoulder, and walks around with it. Walks around with it continually. As it heals. As it heals. Caring for it as it heals. That one day when it heals, he'll be able to put the lamb back. Guess where the lamb stays after that? Real close to his leg. And that's what needs to happen to many of you that have experienced the breaking of the Lord. Those he forgive much, they should love much. And if you've ever been out there in the street, why are you struggling with your heart for God? If he forgave you, you should love him much. You should be the first one here, the most pliable and malleable. If he brought you out of hell and high water, why won't you worship the Lord? Woo, Jesus. Glory, hallelujah. Ain't he good? I said, ain't. He good. They went around the long way around Edom. Maybe the descendants of Esau. God didn't want them in a mingling with Edom. Because they could not obtain passage through the nearest way. Some of us want the easy way out. He's not taking us that way. And the soul of the people, you saw it in the text, were much discouraged because of the way. Even when you follow God, even when you walk by faith and when you do your best, you'll get discouraged. Perhaps the way was rough and tough, so rough and tough, and there was no one to say, but we're going to make it. Sometimes the ground is uneven, even when you're trying to keep your balance. If your calf muscle isn't strong, you'll stumble a lot along the way. Me, sometimes the way that he takes us, it, the scent there is not pleasant. It seems foul, and sometimes the way seems dirty. Those that have a fretful heart, that are fearful, it is even compound, compounded even the more. They become even more discontented in their spirit. It is the fear that you have of failure or the fear that you have of success or the fear that you think people are talking about you. These things in your mind can have you with a, dis uh, a disquieted spirit even the more and everything doesn't make sense. And when you even get in a conversation, you seem to be agitated. We always find something wrong with others and even with ourselves because the way is hard. When you got to work two jobs and three jobs just to make ends meet, the way is hard. When you're tired but you can't go to sleep.
Because you got little babies, the way is hard. When you're carrying the burden and the weight of a family or maintaining a family, and you don't feel like there's support helping you to do so, the way is hard. When you reach out to friends, but they slam doors in your face. I'm not talking about play-play doors. Bam! I don't want you around. Bam! I don't like you. Bam! You can't fit here. When those kind of things happen, if it never happened to you, don't be the perpetrator of that with anybody else because it hurts and the way will get hard for you. Yet God takes you around Edom. He has not lessened the load. What he's trying to do is build up your legs and build up your dearth and give you more of a capacity to handle what he's taking you to. You know why? If you ever want to be the governor of Egypt and if you ever want to sit on the throne, you've got to deal with your pit, your pot, and your prison successfully. Everybody want to be Joseph or Josephine, but you got to know if you're going to be Josephine in the kingdom or Joseph in the kingdom, you've got to go through your place. How do you handle when they drop you in a pit and there's serpents there and they're going to stone you there? Your own brothers, how do you deal when it's family members that hurt you the deepest? Glory to God. You got to cry out to the Lord because in one hour, he can bring you out of the pit. What happens when you go into the pot? Because of you, everybody's blessed, but there is no promotion. There's a demotion. What do you do? Hallelujah. You've got to know who your God is. You've got to be able to praise him anyway. You've got to be able to say the Lord is mine. You've got to be able to say, I know my father's heart. I haven't seen him in a while, but he pumped something in me. And he told me to hold on to the word of God. You've got to get your head together. You can't play games when your destiny is in the, in the balance. And if you want to go after it. If you want to get your destiny, you can't let a pot stop you. Potiphar or anybody around him shouldn't stop you. You've got to set your face like a flint and keep on moving forward. I don't know who's locked up in this message, but I know God is pushing something out of me. You've got to go for your destiny now. And your destiny isn't by yourself. When God gave you a vision, he gave you a vision. It may be personal, but it's not private. For where there is no vision, the people will cast off restraint. But if you can get a vision from God, God will open you up, hallelujah, to save many people. That's why the devil don't want you to get your destiny. Because he knows there are many people locked up in your destiny. Come on, girl, throw your head back and get your mind together. Come on, man, God wants you on the team. You've got to move forward and go after what God has called you to do. Can the church say amen? Ah, thank you, Jesus. Woo, Jesus. Preach Merton Clark, be instant in season and out of season. Woo. Woo. God wants you to get your destiny. Sometime unbelief will happen along the way. 
even murmuring and complaining, verse 5. Numbers 21, verse 5. Because of this occasion, the circumstances were so hard. They started complaining against God and even their, their set man. Watch that. Don't stay there too long. It happens to all of us. It happens to all of us. The way is hard, you'll start complaining. But don't stay there forever. You stay there for a moment and you push out of it. Anytime you follow leaders on your job, you'll see things with your immediate supervisor like that ain't right. And you'll see things with your pastor. that you, ah, But you got to learn how to push beyond that. I'm frail, just like you. <laughs> just like you. And if you ever want to walk in my moccasins, I will cry if you walked in my moccasins. Because you'll see after three days, it ain't glorious. It's, it's, it's not glamorous. It may be glorious, but you won't see glory every day. Even when people start celebrating you, you see other people backing up. Again? Again? They don't have a clue about the wearisome toil. But that's all right. God builds you for the toughness. Amen. My name isn't Ford, but I'm built for tough. <laughs> built forward tough and you got to learn how to say I'm built tough if you're going to obtain a glorious victory you got to learn how to go beyond or around Edom and go through your discouragement and come out of it and stay focused a lot of time God will allow judgment to come upon his own people so the Bible says he sent fire serpents among them which bit them stung them many of them actually died we thank God for Jesus because Jesus is the remedy for every fiery serpent. I told you that God used his people. He took them through the wilderness the long way, but the pillar of fire and the cloud was with them. If the pillar of fire lifts, you'll see serpents increase. And if you start seeing things happening to you, just unnatural stuff, you got to invite the presence back because it is the presence that keeps a lot of stuff away from us. That's why nobody during this season should be backing away. There are people backing away from church allowing a mask or my statements about a, a vaccine to cause them to push away from the church. You don't have to be vaccinated if that's not what you want. I recommend strongly, since I got the microphone, I recommend strongly, since I'm a pastor, I got people that I'm I recommend strongly. You may have some type of unique intellect that believes something is in the virus, 666, and all this other stuff that you're listening to. No microchip can stay in liquid. The former president said, put bleach in your skin. Put bleach in, let light shine. Nobody ran from the church from that. And you let the enemy talk to you because I'm trying to save lives. We shouldn't be fighting with each other. Do what you do. My job is to take people and resources and move them through the hard way. That when we get on the other side, you look back and say, wow, we had a shepherd among us. Someone who cared. Every father should be doing the same thing. Look over your family at your wife and your children and say, what am I doing to navigate through the hard way? What am I doing as a father uh, uh, to make sure we all get on the other side successfully? I must transport rooms. I must transport hearts. I must transport vision and destiny. I got to make sure all of y'all are together. Me, myself, my wife, 
my children, my destiny move. If you're single, you should be saying that about your children. How do we get all of us over? If you got that mindset, God will show you the way. Because serpents will bite us. But who is the remedy? Jesus is the way. Come on, Andre Krause. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. When that fire lifts, you'll see serpents increase. If you got more agitation, more anger, more fear, stop looking at it. Say, God, where's your presence? The more he's with you, the less you'll see those things tantalizing your soul and your spirit. They were called fiery serpents from their fiery color. These were not just black snakes. When you, you could see them slithering. Fiery because their colors were fiery. God will allow you to see the serpent as it approaches you. Glory to God. The woman is the revealer of the enemy. <laughs> She's the first to see the serpent in the, in, in the tree. She will have intuition. Husbands, start trusting that. Are y'all listening to me? Y'all quiet, right? She will be the first to see the enemy. We just hanging around, just doing what we do. But the lady will see things. It's slithering. We need to give attention to that, whatever. That's why I don't put that down. I don't cut it down. Ladies can pick up stuff. But take it to God in prayer. Take it to God in prayer. The fiery serpents are slithering. Especially during this pandemic. And they're biting many of us. But God is still on the throne. Can the church say amen? I'm almost done. I got to get this. When he sent fiery serpents. It's not just to kill. It is to initiate what we call repentance. All God wants us is to say Lord I surrender and I'm sorry. It's hard for us to do that, right? God, I'm sorry. I, I did the wrong thing, said the wrong thing. Just forgive me. I've been out of the way. Please forgive me. Lord, I'm sincere. I'm, 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 what, show me what I need to do. I'm wrong. Every person should come to that understanding. No one else should have to say you were wrong. You should be able to say, I'm, I'm wrong. I feel it. My conscience is telling me I'm wrong. I don't feel right in my soul. How can I sleep when I'm wrong? How can I go to sleep when I'm wrong? How can I sit back and coast when I'm wrong? All he wants is repentance. And they repented. They did. God forgive us. God then, listen, he doesn't wait and say, oh, I want more of you all to die. He speaks to the servant that they were complaining about. And a lot of times, the person that you got the hardest thing with is the person that God will use to bring salvation to you. The one that aggravates you the most. God will use the same person to bring healing to you. You know what, you know what Moses did? He got a serpent of brass uh, uh, and put it on a pole. Just like you see the emblem of that with medicine today. This is where it came from. All medicine, you'll see that same emblem. A, a, a pole. I was like, why would they use a snake? It came from the 21st chapter of the book of Numbers. Glory to God. I was preaching this before and a girl came to me and said, the Greeks did that. She walked up and said, the Greeks. I said, Moses was before the Greeks. <laughs> what do you have? The Greek, the Greeks, Greece wasn't even, when, when this was written, <laughs> Romans, Rome wasn't there. What are you talking about? 
Plato and all of that came afterwards. Here's the true and living God. Achilles came after that. Zeus came after this. Even medicine came after this. First there was the hyssop. Come on, man. Why are we even playing with this? It's right there in the scripture. He told Moses, I want you to take a serpent of brass and lift it up like this on a pole. Restoration will come. And those who were bitten even got the snakes pumping venom in their mouth. If they could just uh, hold their arms up while snakes are pumping venom in and look to the serpent of brass. Just obey me. I'll let them live. I decree and declare for those of you that are snake bitten, even now you're coming through the storm and the snakes are all of, over you like parasites, pumping in stuff and sucking stuff out of you. If you can take a moment and just look at the servant of brass, which is now translated Jesus in John 3, 14, if you'll put it up, John 3, 14 through 16. I always wondered, why would he use this? Why would he go back in the Old Testament and put the man himself? And as Moses, look at Jesus is speaking here. First person didactically. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. In Numbers 21, that's exactly what he did. As Moses, a type of God, lift up the serpent in the wilderness, a type of Christ. Who Jesus. Christ? A snake on a pole? Christ? God's man looking like a shriveled snake on a pole? Yes. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the son of man be lifted up. Look at the next verse. Verse 16. Verse 15. Glory to God. That whoever believe in him should not what? They will be restored. They will be not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the Son. We, we, so God, so, for God so loved the world. We like verse 16. But you got to look at 14 through 16. How does Jesus associate with himself as the one hanging on the creed? The key is he became a curse. He became a curse. All curses are broken. There are people who listen to me say, Bishop, I need you to break the curse in my life. The curse has no cause. To stay with you if you really believe this. The curse. According to Proverbs chapter 27. I got to close with this. I know this is a long message. Let's look at Proverbs 26. Proverbs 26. You got to get this. No curse should be able to linger on you. If you will just look up. The curse is broken. No generational curse. Just because your daddy didn't, did it doesn't mean you have to do it. And if you did it, you can come out of it. Just because your mama did it doesn't mean you have to go down the same path. Even if you did, you can break the cycle. Your children don't have to go through what we went through. God can cancel that. Proverbs 26, please. Verse 1. I need you to see this. This is it. Proverbs 26, verse 1. Look at this. As snow in summer and rain in harvest, so honor is not fitted for a fool. So you're not going to have snow coming during this summer month, and you're not going to have rain during harvest month. If you saw that, you say, something is wrong with the times, right? So giving a person who's foolish honor. 
Why would we honor foolishness? Why are you clapping stuff with BT that's crazy? It, it's counterproductive to your faith. You don't give honor to fools. You don't buy their CD because it's catchy. You boycott it. You don't associate with foolishness. I don't care how rich it is. Look at the next verse, verse 2. Like a flying swallow. Like a flying, like a, flit, a flitting, a flitting swallow. Like a flying sp uh, swallow. Like a flitting sparrow. Like a flying sp uh, swallow. So uh, a curse without cause shall not a light. Look at the word here. Just like you'll never see a bird land on a, tr a limbless tree. Okay? If there's no limb, the bird is not going to keep flying. That's what it's saying. The, the, the bird is flapping, right? Flapping, right? It will not land unless there's a limb for it to land on. Right? He's saying curses are like that. The curse cannot land on you and stay unless you got something out there for it to rest on. You are giving yourself over to the curse. There's something that you need to cut off. There's, there's, a, there's a situation. Maybe people that you like or what they do that you need to, ah, you got to cut it off because the curse will come. And it will land and feel like it has a right to that spot. Even drop droppings on it. The curse doesn't come without a cause. And if you let God prune you from old stuff, you'll see curses fleeing off your family. They just can't stay no longer. And this is the remedy for generational curses. What have we not surrendered to God? You can cancel every curse in your family by cutting off the limbs that the curse has been able to land on. It will fly to the next house. Glory, hallelujah. And this concludes my message for today. Go after your destiny. Cut off these limbs. Get back to God and let God come back to you. Can the church say amen? Let's give him praise for the word. Father, thank you for your word and for the establishment of truth and for the, the hunger and the thirst to go after destiny. I decree and declare that though the way is hard, you're making the way successful. Glory to God. Your scripture says in Isaiah 35, a highway shall be there and a way that as we cut off unproductiveness and unholiness, Father, that way will become even more clear. And Father, I thank you, Lord, that even the wayfaring man will find it. I decree and declare that it will blossom as a rose, that even the land will rejoice as we enter into the way. And Father, I bless your people. I bless your people with the Gabor, the, the mighty inside to go after destiny. And Father, I decree restoration 
Let us rise up in that warrior spirit to overcome every obstacle. And Father, I thank you. Even now, I decree that the women's conference this week will be successful. Father, I thank you in the name of the Lord. I thank you that something will rise up in our women, Lord, that will combat and attack the enemy. We will put the enemy to flight and not just take things as they've always been. Mobilize these women. Give them an increase, Father, an attitude to go after their destiny. And Father, let them not leave their spouses and their children alone. Let them be able to take what they've learned to actually process it in the family. And Father, I thank you for better families. I thank you for restoring minds. I thank you for increase in the house of the Lord. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you're going to use men and women like you've never used them before. And you're going to do some great things in every heart, in every mind. Let it be so, even as I decree. In Jesus' name, amen. It has been a real joy to share the word of God with you. A special thank you to those who care for this ministry. No amount of financial support is too small. It is because of you this ministry is possible. To support us, go to our website at truthrevealed.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share with friends. Be sure to tag us when you share at Trim Nation One. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, I'll see you at the Word of Truth Revealed.